Welcome to another episode of Dad is Not a Now. My name is Ishmael, changing the narrative from Minicola Fatherhood, as well as changing the narrative on the things I care about. And on today's episode of Dad is Not a Now, my special guest for today is the one and only Jane Elliott. If you don't know who she is, Google her. She is one of the most important people when it comes to race and having those uncomfortable conversations. And so I had her on my recent podcast to talk about the word woke. Uh, Woke has been in our politics. It's been in our daily conversations. And so what we did on this episode, we kind of unpacked that word and how it has a racist undertone to it and how it can literally uh, damage people's lives by the miseducation, um, the fear, uh, galvanizing of of just nonsense. So on this episode, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation I have with uh, Jane Elliott. And um, comment, subscribe, like, all that good stuff, and enjoy the conversation. Peace. You. Yeah, yo. There whenever it matters, and even more when you feel like it doesn't. Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't. No, I'm right alongside you. He but that I'm behind you, but always got you. Hinder discussion, nothing means more. First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for. Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours. And know that I ain't see a better view yet. I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret. Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak. A change will partake, cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway. My job is to aware you, fully loaded, prepare you. For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, I've been down. Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Dad Is Not A Now. My name is Ishmael, changing the narrative for men of color and fatherhood, as well as changing the narrative on the things I care about. And today I have a special guest with me, the one and only Jane Elliott. She is back on the show with me again. I'm truly humbled that she wants to do the show again. She was my very first guest of this podcast (laughs) two years ago. And for her to come back on, it's truly our honor and I'm just grateful for you to join on. Jane Elliott, how you doing? Well, it's snowing here in Southern California right now, so I'm smiling a lot. That's good, that's good. And one of the questions I ask all my guests in the beginning, because I'm all about mental health, how's your heart? Oh, my heart's fine. It breaks everybody else's heart, but my heart's in good shape. I'm liable to live to be about 135. And you just kicking butt left and right, and you're just a fighter, and I thank you. So today, the reason why I have you on, because right now, the big topic going on right now is the word woke. You hear it everywhere. You have people weaponizing it, um, and it's just it's just everywhere. So let's just start with that. What are, what are your What are your feelings about that term woke? As far as I'm concerned, that is a term that is used by white people to make them feel good about the things they're doing and to allow them to deny that they don't know what they need to know. We say we're woke as if, oh, I know all about this topic and I know we're all members of the same race. Of course, the best race is the white race. So we must all be members of that. Wait a minute, you aren't woke yet, fool. If you think you're white, you aren't woke. If you think, if you, sir, think you're black, you aren't woke. If I think I'm white, I'm not woke. It's time, if you're going to call yourself woke, then you better do some reading. You better do some research. You better get your DNA traced back as far as it can go. And then you'll really be woke because then you'll understand that your DNA came from Africa just like mine did. Everybody on the face of the earth. Get woke up to that, folks. Right. And, and can you tap on to tap into the weaponization of it? Because I see that, you know, um, uh, when people use those terms or negative terms towards a group, a minority group, 
there's data that shows that violence occurs on that group that they point at. I'm not, I'm not aware of how much violence is caused by the word woke. But when somebody tells me they're woke, it's usually a person, it's usually a melanemic person, which means a white person. It's usually a racist melanemic person who is trying to cover their own ignorance. And when they say woke to me, they don't say it a second time because I, I start to ask them questions like, do you know where, when the word race, meaning a specific group of people, appeared on the face of the earth? Well, it's always been, no, it came out of France in 1580. That's how long that word has been around. Now, maybe you're more woke now than you were when you talked to you. You want to hear some other things that I know? Well, that's enough. That's enough. I'm, I'm going to go over here and talk to these people. I think, good, go find somebody that you can snow. We're having a snowstorm right now. I recognize a snow job when I see it. And when somebody tells me they're woke, I am immediately suspicious of why they would brag about what they know about people who are other than white. Because if they call themselves white, they aren't woke no matter how many times they use the word. And I, and I think that's important, too, because what happens is uh, we live in a society where we bash people that's fighting for equal justice and trying to do and try to be um, protected under law. And then you have like the white supremacist group who weaponize, you know, saying, oh, it's the woke left. You know, they're trying to indoctrinate our children in becoming queer they're grooming and and th this nonsense and nonsense and people believe it and they eat it up and then they want to direct their anger to the people that they shouldn't direct their anger to hey they've been what they've been directing their anger at people so-called white people melanemic people have been directing their anger at melanaceous and melanotic people in this country as long as we have been on these shores that's the way it is. We have to find someone to feel superior to. It was obvious when we first came here that we couldn't be superior to the people who were here because they had lived for many, many years on this continent without any white people, so-called white people, telling them how to live. So we had to do something to destroy them, and that's what we have done. We put them on reservations. We call them Indians because Columbus was lost. He had a lousy navigator. He thought he had reached the West Indies. So he called the people he saw here Indians. They weren't Indians. The people who were here, each of those groups had a language of their own. And in each of those languages was a word that meant the people because they considered themselves the people. Columbus didn't consider them the people. He didn't know what to call them, so he called them Indians. It was a lie. He met a group of Arawaks. He was a, the Arawak tribe was the group of people that he met. And after he had been here a couple of times, he took some of those people back to his country and showed them to the Pope. And the Pope said, "These people aren't. These folks aren't Christians. So therefore, they must not be human." They kept them in Columbus land for several years and Christianized them. They took them back and showed them to the Pope, and the Pope said, "Ah." These have people, these creatures have become Christianized. Therefore, they must be human. And he granted human status to the natives of this inhabit, of this island, of this continent. Give me a break. These folks were human before the Pope said so. They were here before the Pope was alive. They were here. There were people from Africa on this continent before there was an Italy. Yep. And if you don't believe that, you get the National Geographic magazine for April of 2018, and in it, there is a map that shows how people from Africa moved from Africa and in two waves managed to populate every landmass on the face of the earth. That was before there was an Italy. It's time for us to go over this nonsense, and it's time to start teaching the truth instead of the lies. And I, and I totally agree with you 100%, but we have history of dehumanizing groups. We've done that. They've done that to the Indians. They've done that to Mexicans. They've done that to black people. They've done that to women. They've done that to queer uh, our brothers and, and sisters that's gay. So they like this is like a pattern going on. And so and, and how do we fight against that? Well, right now you don't say the word fight because they're scared to death. Right yes. now, melanemic people, particularly males, are scared to death because they're afraid that in the future, when people of color become the numerical majority in this country, they are going to, going to want to do to us what we have done to them. Because we taught them in our religion, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. So what if 
What if white people are doing unto people of other color groups the way they want to be treated? What if we're treating people the way we want to be treated? That scares the very living out of us because, oh my God, it's coming around. It's going to come around. You need to know that. And you need, but you need to realize when I did the blue eyed, brown eyed exercise, have I told you all this before? Yeah, you did. Well, yeah. Well, you, you want to hear it again? For people who. Yes, for people who didn't, who don't know, I, I think they need a refresher. Well, one thing I learned when I did the blue-eyed, brown-eyed exercise, I put my kids in, through an exercise based on the color of their eyes. On the first day, the brown-eyed people were on top and the blue-eyed people were on the bottom. Brown-eyed people became the racists that I and their parents and their other teachers and the preachers had taught them to be. I was absolutely astounded at how willing they were to abuse their peers, their blue-eyed peers. I couldn't stand the sight of them. By the end of the day, I thought, I don't like any of you. And I was one of them. I'm blue-eyed. And they treated me like they treated the rest of the blue-eyed kids. They said the first time, the first one that said it, I, I was standing at the front of the room. I had all the blue-eyed people move the desk to the back of the room. And I said to this group of students, now, you blue-eyed people aren't as smart as brown-eyed people. They aren't as clean as brown-eyed people. They aren't as civilized as brown-eyed people. And little brown-eyed Debbie sitting in the front row looked up at me and said, how come you're the teacher here if you got them blue eyes? And I thought, well, you little shit. Worst, first time I ever thought that about that child. I was just furious. It was the worst day I ever lived. But the, yeah. I went home on Friday. That was on Friday. I went back to school on Monday, scared to death about what was going to happen. Walked into the classroom, reversed the exercise, put the blue-eyed people in the front of the room, brown-eyed people in the back of the room. And those blue-eyed kids didn't get even. They were much mm. less vicious to the browns than the browns had been to them. At, I sent him home at the end of the day, told him it was over at the end of the day, sent him home. On Monday, each child had to write a four-paragraph composition telling who Martin Luther King Jr. was, how the child felt on Friday, how the child on fun, felt on Monday, and who Martin Luther King Jr. was. And then I, and I, then after they had finished their compositions, we got in the magic circle, and I said, now I've got to know. You blue-eyed kids said you were going to get even with the brownies. None of you got even. Why didn't you get even with those people? And almost in a chorus, they said, because we found out how it feels to be on the bottom. And we didn't want to make anybody feel the way we felt the day we were on the bottom. Now, that's the only hope that melanemic so-called white people have, that people of color don't want to get even with us. They know how it feels to be mistreated because of somebody's self-imposed ignorance where skin color is concerned. And they don't want to make anyone feel the way we felt, they felt the day they were on the bottom. I learned more from my third graders than I ever learned from my anti-social studies teacher. I learned more, even more than I learned from my father. And he was a convinced white person until he saw the film that was made in my classroom the next year. And after I took that film up to my, up to my folks home and showed it to my father and my mother. And when it was over, my, I think he was about 61 at the time, I'm not sure, stood up, took his red handkerchief out of the back pocket of his blue bib overalls, wiped his eyes, blew his nose and said, I wish somebody had taught me that when I was nine years old. Now, I think I did those kids a favor teaching them that when they were nine years old. I know I did my father a favor showing him that film. I know those kids did me a favor by teaching me what it feels like to be on the bottom. There is no way my father would ever listen to or laugh at a racist joke after that happened to him. If somebody would start one, he'd say, do you want to tell that here? Well, I'll go in the other room. You weren't going to have a big, you know, we weren't going to have a fight over it. If you're that ignorant, I don't have to be around you. And I've seen him leave the room many, many times because as that kind of nonsense is going on, I know how I've watched kids go through that. I'm not going to listen to this. It was just, it was, that exercise was the best thing that ever happened to my father. And I, and, and then one thing I think was front street me is that what I love what you did with that, but what we still do, what we're dealing with when it comes to minority groups today, there's a disconnect to the civil rights movement. Like you were saying, is like when you had these legislation that passed through the, for the civil rights movement, you know, it, it, it advanced uh, black people, but it also advanced other minority groups. But today there's, there's a, a disconnect. Like when you, when you, when you talk to like, like Asians or Filipinos or Indians, like they, when you have a conversation with them, they feel like they're disconnected to the history of the civil rights movement. 
because they don't have to be, they don't have to expect to be treated the way melanaceous and melanotic people are in this country. And if they want to be accepted by the melanemic people, they have to learn to accept the lies that we melanemic people are willing to tell. But what they don't know, and I told this to a, a Japanese girl, woman, everybody's younger than I am, so I call young women girls. Anyway, I told, I told this person at my daughter's house, we were having a little discussion about race and about skin color. And I said, look, we all came from Africa. She said, I didn't come from Africa. I said, yeah, you did. She said, oh no, I didn't. I, I, I am the, uh, uh, the person that started people in my part of the country was Peking man. I said, and who, where do you suppose Peking man came from? She said, well, well, he was the first, one of the first humanoids on the earth. I said, go home, look, get your DNA checked, then call me sometime and let me know what you find out. I got a letter from her two weeks later saying, you were right. Our, our, my great, great, my ancestors were some of the first Africans that came to the country of J the island of Japan. She, her, her, her antecedents were from Africa. She didn't know it until she was probably 35 years old, maybe 40. I thought, oh, good Lord, why didn't somebody tell you this? And I know why nobody told her that, because nobody wanted, knew it. Nobody reads a book that would tell you that. We choose our reading very carefully. We read things that will not give us information that we don't want to take in. So we just read that social studies book and forget that it was written by, for, and about, about white people. It is written by, for, and about melanemic males. And the rest of us have to just follow along and pretend we believe it. Only 15 to 18% of the human population of the earth is classified white. Less than half of those, less than half of those are males. That means that this world is supposed to be run by 6% of the population of the earth. Does that make any sense at all to you? It, does it makes none whatsoever to me, I yeah. think. And I'm watching, for instance, the wonderful melanopic woman that Mr. Biden put on the Supreme Court this year. Yes. Oh, good Lord. And she was <laughs> questioned by those ignorant, four tall, melanemic males who didn't know what they were talking about, didn't know what the what proper questions would be. And she just sat there and she'd listen and then she'd take a sip of water and then she'd listen and she'd take a sip of water and she'd answer perfectly without looking at any notes. She has the answers. She has had the answers all her life because she had to learn them. Those four boys have never had to learn them. We need to be aware of what's going on here. And what's going on here is self-imposed ignorance. And you can be in Congress as long as you remain ignorant, as long as you promise to remain ignorant. Do not get ahead of the times and tell the truth. Learn the, learn the uh, Pledge of Allegiance to the flag with the words under God in it. I put, with, under God, indivisible. The words under God put in there in 1954 with the help of Dwight Eisenhower, and it comes just before the word indivisible. Yeah. The minute you inject God into the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, you have separated, you have made a division between those who believe in the right God and those who don't. You have no business putting the words under God in the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. We also have it under on our money, yeah. on our paper money. It says, in God we trust. I suggest that every person who has a piece of paper money in their pocket or on their, wherever they have one, take it out, get a teeny tiny little pen, and under in God we trust, write, all others pay cash. <laughs> you see, if you trust in God, you don't need that amount of money. No, we don't trust in God, particularly since we know we're finally finding out that God isn't an old white man with a long gray beard that looks like Charles and Heston playing Moses. And those people who resent being told they came to, from Africa obviously haven't been told that Jesus was an Ethiopian Jew. Now, what are you going to do, people? Yeah. Now you've really, now you've, you've really stepped in it. Wow, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know what they're going to do? They're going to oh, yeah. absolutely refuse to believe that because they've got a Bible that says they, we should love one another. And they quote that verse. And now abideth these three, faith, hope, and love. It wasn't faith, hope, and love. It says faith, hope, and charity. But charity means selfless giving. That costs yeah. you money. So white yeah. folks fix it 
they fixed the Bible just the way they fixed Jesus. They turned him in from, a, from an Ethiopian into somebody who might have come from Wisconsin. <laughs> they turned the, <laughs> that verse into a verse that isn't right. And now abideth these three, faith, hope, and charity. Not faith, hope, and love, because love and charity aren't the same thing. Get over it. Now, I'm going to get lots of emails about that. That's okay. I can, I can erase the emails. But you can't erase the truth. The truth is there, you know, and, and they've been trying to do it since beginning of time. But as, as, as a society, if we want to advance, we, we, we just have to speak the truth. And one of the things I think is frustrating to me, I think frustrated to you, is you have DeSantos. I know he's your favorite person. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what, so what, what are you he's, right, he's right up there he's right up there with tiny tim he and that new one who lied every way he could to get into the what's his name i know who you're talking about sandals you know who i mean oh yeah yeah Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> voted for that fool. So here are yeah. these two people, one's in and the other's trying to get in. And I'm thinking, you are perfect examples of why we shouldn't worship melanated males. You gotta realize that within 30 years, white people, so-called white people, will have become a numerical minority in the United States of America. And these melanemic males are scared to death about what's going to happen to them when they lose their numerical majority and their power. And so we've got proud boys, proud boys marching in the streets. Can you imagine what are those boys proud of? Being boys for as long as they live? <laughs> come on, come on. Ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. Or the Oath Keepers. They're just like the KKK, but with different names. It's time for us to say, no, fellas, go home take a bath so that you wash off your whiteness <laughs> try to read a book start with i don't know tom sawyer maybe no no that's been banned on library shelves in classrooms that's one of the banned books anything written by mark twain was is banned by these fools like DeSantis. he has no business being a governor and he absolutely would be an inappropriate person to represent the united states at a meeting of leaders of the world can you imagine yeah i can't with I, our luck it, with our luck he would choose marjorie taylor green as his vice president oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is just so totally utterly ridiculous but the sad thing about it that it could happen and that's the scary thing about it oh oh it isn't going to because melanaceous and melanotic women are going to do what they did in the last election and they're going to keep him from getting elected they kept mr t rupp from getting elected and they will keep, keep mr DeSantis from getting elected there are enough of them and there are enough of them who know that the most important thing you can teach your children in this country is as a person of color is to vote study and vote and find out who will be best and don't listen to television because that's not where you belong. Listen, get, a, get some books and read some books. Pro probably the best ones you could read would be those that have been banned by Mr. DeSantis and company. Yeah. And, and I agree with that 100%. But what I, what I worry about, we might repeat uh, history again because when Trump won the election, he won the election because uh, a certain percentage of white women voted for him. He didn't win the election. No, no, I'm saying when Trump, the previous Trump, like Trump, like I know. He, he, didn't, he didn't win the election. What's her name? Clinton had more votes and she just, she gave it up when she shouldn't have. If she had waited until all those were in, votes were in and been counted, she would have been the president, but she ceded too quickly. She conceded that he had won. He hadn't won. She had no business conceding. She regretted it the moment she found out that she made a big mistake. But things were tough in this country then, and they're going to be tougher. They, and they were tougher after Trump had been in the White House for four years. No, I don't think, number one, he didn't win. Number two, he won't win because we've, I think there are enough women who have watched the kind of people he put on the Supreme Court 
Right. Now the Supreme Court can no longer be called the Supreme Court. It has to be called the sperm court because <laughs> the only thing these guys think about is what will happen with white male sperm. And what they're thinking is we'll put it into white women and we'll, we will increase the number of white babies being born in this country. That's what that whole thing is about. And that's mm. what closing the Planned Parenthood clinics is about. So, and that's what refusing to allow a woman to get an abortion about, is about. Because in 1987, 60% of the aborted fetuses were white. That's mm. when we began to decide that, oh, we have to get rid of abortion because if we don't, we aren't going to be the numerical majority in this country anymore. This is all about maintaining our numerical majority in the United States of America. And the minute you talk about that, you are in the divided states of America. It's time for us to realize what has been happening, what is happening. And when Mr. Biden, President Biden, signed that idiotic statement that said, <laughs> Uh, marriages of people of different colors, different races, multi, uh, what's, what's the word? Racial marriages are eagle, uh, are now legal. There can't be a multiracial marriage unless the, one of the persons in the air is from outer space. There's only one race on the face of the earth to say biracial marriages are now legal. There isn't a biracial marriage. That is perpetuating the myth of several races, and there's only one. Look, think of your hand as right. a set of races. All right, your thumb is the white race. Right. Your first finger is the black race. Your third finger is the brown race. Yellow race, red race, all right? Now, separately, they don't have much power. But right. when you put them together, you make a fist. And we could right. use that fist to push through pound through, break through the wall of racism that we have constructed right. in this country. And it's time for us to do that. Now, my daughter told me, not, don't use the middle finger for the brown because that's, wait a minute, I don't think of this as <laughs> you. I think of this as the largest group of people on the face of the earth is the brown group. Right. It's the only group there is. There is no white group, there is no black group, there is no yellow group, there is no red group. We are all members of the brown group. Now you can use the thumb, but it isn't nearly big enough. Look at the size right. of this thing. Yeah. People, the next time somebody gives you the finger, you say, that's right, we're members of the same race, aren't we? And they'll just- Right, you blow their mind like- <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what are you talking about? And then we, can, we can destroy the finger simply by saying, well, hey, that means the brown race. You and I are members of both race. Thank you for admitting right. it. And if you don't think that works, put your fingers together like this on your hand and then try to pull them apart. Pull hard and try to pull them apart. You see what happens when we put us all together? We yeah. are united. We have strength. We have we created a barrier which racism cannot, cannot cross. And that's what we need to do. And I, and I totally agree. But the reality, too, is that if we come together, that would demolish the, the ideology of white supremacy, the structure of white supremacy. That's what I'm trying to do because it's a lie. White people aren't superior. We weren't here first and we won't be here last. As, as we go back to using lots and lots of fossil fuels, the hole in the ozone will get larger and larger. More and more sunlight will be allowed to enter our environment and more melanemic males will die of melanoma which is skin cancer that you get from not having enough melanin in your skin to protect your cells from the damaging rays of the sun. Yeah. These melanemic males are dying early anyway. If you don't believe me, go to any rest home and count the number of little old men that are there and the number of big old women. And you're going to find out that these men don't live long. Melanemic men don't live long. So they have to make their mark while they're here. Unfortunately, they have been making a really ugly mark for the last 200 years in this country. Oh, yeah. And my favorite um, video you did a long time ago was when you were in the audience with a bunch of white women and uh, you post <laughs> you posed the question, would you please, yeah. please talk about that? That was my favorite video yeah. of all time. Well, everyone in this room, who think, who every person, every white person, every person who considers himself white in this room would like to spend the rest of his or her life being treated the way we treat our citizens of color. If you'd like to be treated that way, we all please stand. 
And they, that, that was at a college here in California. And there's a white, so-called white woman sitting there with her, with her hair, piece of her hair almost in her mouth. And she looks around like this to see if anybody else is standing. Nobody's standing, not a soul standing because they all know what's going on. They all know they, they feel bad about it, but they also know that they don't want to be treated in this country in the future, the way we have treated people of color in the past and in the present. They know that it's wrong. They know they don't want it to happen to them. So I wonder why they're willing to allow it to happen to somebody of color. Those are all, if you believe in God, and I happen to believe in God, I have to, I pray a lot. <laughs> That's all between <laughs> me and death. <laughs> but if, if you believe in God, you have to believe that he created one race, the human race. Human beings created racism. Yeah. And we did it deliberately during the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. And you need to realize that the word race came out, meaning a specific group of people, came out of France in 1580. That's how short a time we have lived with the ignorance of self-imposed racism. And and we and, and the reality we still fighting it today, which is crazy. But again, like you were saying, if we all just come together and see that we all have value on this earth, we can fight well, racism. If, and, uh, and, 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 and and if we don't, what we call the white race is going to disappear for sure, because those melanemic folks aren't going to be able to survive much longer, our numbers are dwindling and they're dwindling because we don't have what it takes to stay alive. We have to realize that. Just a minute. Okay. I'm busy. You'll have to call back later. Goodbye. I'm sure you'll understand that. I hope it wasn't somebody calling to offer me a million dollars to shut up. Uh, <laughs> and I've been offered a lot to shut up. <laughs> we, we have to get over this. With this climate change, we can't afford to be running around and allowing our children to only marry people in their race. Oh, I, yeah. when somebody says that to me, I say, well, that means anybody on the face of the earth, doesn't it? Well, no, I mean in our race. Well, what race are you talking about? The white race. There is no white race, fool. And there is no black race. And there's no yellow race. And there's no red race. And there's only the brown race. And that's not a race. Brown isn't a race. It's a color group. We're all members. We are all homo sapiens. When you say that to other boys in the... <laughs> they immediately get all upset because they think you called them homosexuals. They right. think you're saying that you say homo immediately it goes to homosexual. And I don't want to be called that. And I think, you fool. <laughs> get out of my sight. I've got your eyes and I can't stand the sight of you. So it just I I am so tired of people believing every lie they were ever told and refusing to believe any truth at all. There's one truth they better get into their heads, and that's the truth of one race, the human race. And if you haven't read the book Sapiens, get it and read it. And after you read that one, Harari is the name of the author. After you read that one, read, oh Lord, I'm reading this now and it's hard work. Whole Deus, A Brief History of Tomorrow. And he talks about what's going to happen on this earth if we don't change our behaviors, our attitudes toward people who are different from ourselves. It is just full of slamming. Just you read it and you think, oh my God, did he really <laughs> say that? And then you go back and you read it over and you think, aha, this man is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Everybody should read those two books. Definitely. If you get to, from this conversation, read a lot of books. Read, <laughs> read the books that's banned. If there's banned books in your right, school. right. right. One way you, you can, say, <laughs> and then join the band. Join the band, and somebody say, in a music group. No, the band, B A N N E D, fool. Don't you know, and then you have to have that whole discussion. But if you would just go to my website and read every book that is listed in the bibliography under racism, there are some books there that you cannot possibly deny the truth because many of them are written by people who don't look like me. And who say, well, there's no such thing as black people. It's just brown people and as yeah, and faded brown people and more faded brown people. So it's time to get over this idea. It's time to stop abusing ourselves because of the way we look. Because the way we look is the way God meant us to look. That's right. And realize we are a global community. It's not just here yeah. in the United States. It's across the world. 
Oh yeah, we have spread our our racism throughout the earth because we have the power to do that. And if you don't if you don't have the personality power, you can always depend on gunpowder power. Yeah. And we have done that too. And that is another thing we need to put a stop to. Wars in this country have mostly been about killing people who are of a different color. Yeah. And, and taking their resources. Right. Taking their taking their resources. And when I was in, you know, from of course I went to school a long time ago, but the people who were the heroes in history were the ones who came to this country, America, what nonsense, and killed off the inhabitants and stole their land and did horrible, horrible things to them and put them on reservations. Maybe the day will come when those people and the other people of color decided will decide that you pale faces have done as much damage as you're going to. We're going to put you on reservations. And we're going to put you in the most inhospitable places on the face of the earth. And we're going to give you what we think you need, but you aren't going to be allowed to get off the reservation. Can you imagine how that would feel? Oh, wow. Yeah. Or we're going to to use you for slaves. Wow. Now that's what we have done to people of color in this country for a very long time and lied about it in our history books. We have a really ugly history because we have a total, we have a history that is full of lies. I think it's time for us, instead of telling his story, to turn it to her story and teach her story. (laughs) Every time I see one of those pictures of that big bushy man, blurry man, walking into the future who represents our first man on earth, I think, where's the woman that gave birth to him? Yeah. Wait a minute here. Are you telling me that men can reproduce without any female beings? Women can, and men need to remember that. You can put two female cells cells together in a petri dish, not a peach tree dish, the way Marjorie Taylor Green said, it's not a peach tree dish. (laughs) You can put two female cells together in a petri dish, break down the cell wall, the cells will combine and you'll come up with another female mammal. They've done it over and over and over. You put some sperm cells together in a petri dish and stir them up and all you get are mixed up sperm. But you can get another mammal by combining two female cells. Let's get over this idea of the superiority of males and the supremacy of pale face males because it's a lie. And you, if you don't believe it, read Nile Valley, Nile Valley Contributions to Civilization. And then you will read it, you will believe it, and you will wonder, 6,000 years ago, they were doing those wonderful things. Why didn't we learn about that in school? Yeah. No, and it's the reason why. (laughs) Because we don't want to know. No. We don't want to know, and we don't want our children to know. And if you think I'm wrong about that, you look at the pictures on television. This is one thing you can look at television for. And the schools in which the bookshelves have been covered with paper across the front so the children won't see the titles of those banned books. Do you realize how ignorant that is? Do you realize what the what the governor of that state is saying to the children and the teacher? He is saying, I don't want you to learn these things. I do not want you to get educated. I want you to be schooled. I don't want you to be educated. I want you to be indoctrinated. And if you read these books, you might we it might be more difficult for us to indoctrinate you with the lie of the history of this country. Yeah, prime example. This is straight out of the page of the Daughters of the Confederates. Well, yeah, it's, 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 well, yeah okay, I'll will. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, Jane. I'm not. Yeah, gonna go ahead. No, don't shut up. No, 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 I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. I'm not going to say what I'm thinking because because then people are going to say, "Don't put that bitch on again." And I'm going to say, "Thank you very much," because for me, "bitch" is an acronym for being in total control, honey. That's right. And when some male calls me that word, I say, you're out of control, aren't you, darling? And I can take <laughs> care of that for you. And I re- reach in my pocket and whip out my little Lorena Bobbitt fruit knife. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's, Don't it's, play. it's, it's, t- it's time right. to put a stop to it. It's time for yeah. women to stop taking it. 
It's time for women to become like that wonderful woman who is now on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Those three or four women, I, well, three of them, the fourth one should never have <laughs> Donald Trump should <laughs> never have done that to us. <laughs> Amy Coney Barrett should never have been put on the Supreme Court. Yeah. She doesn't belong there. She came in deciding that what she was going to do was put an end to abortion. Yeah. And, yeah. You don't have it. She doesn't have a right, and neither do you or any other person have a right to tell me what I have the right to do with my body. That's right. And if you're going to tell women that they can't have an abortion, then you'll have to tell men that they can't have sex. Yeah. Ta da! It does that. Uh, guys would just explode and freak out. <laughs> oh, no. God wouldn't. She's laughing. Yeah. She's laughing at how ridiculous this whole thing is. And she knows that it's going to settle itself in about 30 years. Because in about yeah. 30 years, and you're watching this happen all the time now. When, when television first came out, you didn't see any people of color on television other than as slaves or yeah. as people we were killing because they were Indians. Yep. And now suddenly they are all over the place. Yeah. People of, with lots of melanin are all over the place. And I'm sitting there grinning and thinking, this is what the United States of America looks like. This yeah. is what we are. This, we are united. And this is the way we are. We are a, a whole bunch of different colors, but one race. It's just, it's just absolutely amazing for me at my age to see the changes that have come about in the last 25 years. Yeah. I think since Barack Obama was president, then right. things began to change drastically because if it's all right to let a black man in the White House, right. then maybe it's all right to have him on your television set quite yeah. often because for eight years he was there a lot and nobody was damaged you know, mentally or emotionally by having to see a black man and his wife in the White House. I remember when Richard Nixon said to a group of people, I'm saving the White House for you white people. And I wow. thought, oh, is he going to get away with that? Well, he did because at that time, they, they thought that that was the reason it was the White House. It should be for only white people. We need to change the name of the White House to the president's residence. I like that. It's time to stop calling up the White House because it sends exactly the wrong message. We need to change the name of that building to the president's residence and we change the names of buildings all the time let's do that yeah i'll just get rid of the white house and let them live in an apartment building <laughs> i don't you'd have, to have you'd have to house all those secret service people and all those secretaries and oh that would be a nightmare <laughs> oh, please don't, don't make that suggestion <laughs> My taxes are bad enough as it is. Do not do that to me. That's, they won't ever do that. No. Well, no. <laughs> what they need to do is either name it, give it another name, or paint it a different color. Mm. Perfectly simple, as far as I'm concerned. And people are thinking, "Yeah, you're pretty simple, Elliot." Yes, I am. But we have we have made complex problems out of things that are perfectly simple. We yeah. are all members of the same race. Think how much simpler and easier your life would be if you could look at any person walking toward you no matter what their color and say there's one of my 30th to 50th cousins that yeah. person is my color because that person is a member of my race the human right. race think of how much better our lives would be if we could get to that point and we have to get to that point that's all there is to it we have no choice now we have no choice seriously if not then uh, I, I just can't imagine what the future is going to look like, but I would love that day where I could just go to a random person, hey cousin, and just give them a hug and and we well, embrace. Well, I, I want to be hugged by everybody. If DeSantis tried to hug me, I'd be trying to figure out where his knife was. <laughs> Yeah. So no, I don't want to be hugged by everybody. I don't even right. want to be loved by everybody. I also have done this to several times. This kind of shocks people. I say to a group, a large group, I say, all right, folks, you're all really crazy about love. Right. You've said several times, we just have to love one another. It says right. in the Bible, let us love one another. Okay, here's, here's what we're going to do. 
I'm going to start a new society. And in this society, you will be guaranteed either love or justice. Mm. If I guarantee you love, you might not get justice. Yeah. If I guarantee you justice, you might not get love. Now, I want to know, how many of you would vote to be guaranteed love? Not a hand goes up. Because if I guarantee you justice, you might not get, if I guarantee you love, you might not get justice. We are yeah. living in a society right now where we talk about love, but we don't provide justice. Yeah. I want a society in which we talk about justice. If we treat people justly, they will end up probably loving one another. But if we don't treat them justly, we will not have a loving society. We will have a society that is very much like the one we're living in right now, in which 40% of the Republican Party is in favor of love without justice. Yeah. I don't want that. And they aren't even in favor of love, but they'll say, we lo let us love one another, but we don't have to be fair or just. If we say we love you, we don't have to be fair to you. Uh, 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 uh. No, it doesn't work that way. No, and I agree. And justice takes work and it takes self-reflection. And it, it takes the ability to look at another person and see that person as if you are a religious person, a child of God, who is just as loved by God as you are, in my estimation. Now, you don't have to believe in God to be a just person. You don't have to believe in love to be a just person. But... You can't claim love if you allow people to die just because somebody has told you they aren't fit to live. Mm. That's not love and that's not justice. That is self-imposed ignorance. And that is ignorance that is reinforced by the kinds of laws we pass in this country that say that a fixed biracial marriage is legal. Oh my God. God, somebody <laughs> has to tell him, no, Joe, no, Joe, don't go that low. You don't do that. Don't sign that. Change that word to mosaic. Instead of mixed race, change it to mosaic. A mosaic mm. is an art form that is new and beautiful and unique and made of many elements. Mm. That's what these mixed races are. And that's what these children who come for these mixed races are. They are mosaic children. They are not biracial children we've got to get the, that language out of our heads and out of our books and out of our laws and i'm i'm agreeing with you 100 percent. i think words do matter i enjoy do i truly enjoy this conversation with you um i'm gonna have all your links on the bottom of the description below so it's gonna have the list of all the books everybody that you need to read like you like read today <laughs> yeah yeah they got today they've got to read robert wald sussman's the myth of race and tomorrow they've got to read nile valley contributions to civilization and they've got to read anything that harry golden a jewish person ever wrote oh my god only in america for two cents plain and enjoy enjoy those are three of his books and you read those and you cannot continue to be a racist and an anti-Semitic person because they are so absolutely brilliant. You have to read those three books and everybody has to read, go to the library and get a copy of the National Geographic yes. Corps, April of 2018. I know I'm repeating myself, but you if know. you have a product to sell, people won't buy it until they hear the advertisement at least four times. That's a fact. Yeah. So I'm going to say each of these things at least four times when I'm in your presence. And by yes. the time I die or you get bored, somebody is going to change the way they behave. I don't care how you think. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what you say about me. What I care about is how you treat me. And that will decide that will, that will be the decision that will change the face of humankind in this country. When we decide to treat everyone fairly, whether or not you love them, you don't have to love me to listen to me. But you have to realize that I am a human being. I am your 30th to 50th cousin, and you're stuck with me. And I wouldn't want it any, any other way. I'd be oh, happy to stuck with you, and I enjoy this converse, conversation with you. Well, thank you. It, be, it became a monologue, didn't it? I'm sorry. Do you have a question you'd like to ask, ask that I could answer in 15 minutes? No, <laughs> I have no I have no questions to ask you. Uh, if you have some 
you, you, you dropped so many gems today. Um, if you have one last gem you want to um, let the, like, like just let out of your, your, your being, the floor is yours. Just remember my father saying, I wish somebody had taught me that when I was nine years old. Mm. And he learned that from his daughter who was the middle child and didn't look like the rest of them. So it was, he was, he was really, that was really a tremendous thing for me to hear from my father. And, I, and as far as I'm concerned, if we had all been taught by somebody when we were nine years old, that there's only one race, think of the things we could have accomplished and the people we could have met and the times we could have had if we hadn't been spending our lives trying to go with the flow and keep people separate separate because of ignorance about skin color. Can you imagine yeah. a country in which you could do that? Yeah, I, and I think we can. Again, it goes back to us coming together and putting in the work. At the end of the day, we have to put the work in it. And, you know. First, we have to learn what we, we first we have to forget what we've learned. Yes. And that's that's unfortunate that in order to be a successful citizen of the world, you have to forget what you learned in social studies K through 12. Yeah. Insane. OK, thank you very thank much. You. I appreciate you listening. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you again. And this has been an amazing episode. The links for Jane Elliott's will be in the description below. And we're out of here. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye now. So for you. Yeah. Yeah. There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here but that I am behind you But always got you, end of discussion, nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake, cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, in all, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, I've been down. Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. My message to any dad, man, first off, know that yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything, I wouldn't change anything about it. Everything you're doing from here on out. If it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.